The opinions expressed on this program may be considered offensive, crude, or politically incorrect. They are merely those of the speakers and not of the affiliates and Welcome to the 32nd episode of Multiple Perspectives, the podcast where we take a look at the week's controversial news. Coming up on today's episode, Gap's allegedly racist ad, racism and physical assault in public schools, and money in regards to happiness and how millennials spend it. I'm your host, Kay, and joining me as always is 21st century farmer, Joe. Joe, how's it going this week? I'm doing wonderful. Now, is it true that you are a 21st century farmer? Not yet. I just got my seeds and my dirt ready. So, is it... um, Don't you need permits to actually plant things in front of your house? I don't know about that. In some places, there is. Well, you know, you're going to know as soon as the cops show up and take away your crops. Well, right now, we're in the drought, so... So you can't be watering that anyways, unless it's nighttime, I think. There is that law now that uh, restaurants can't serve their patrons water unless they ask. But, you know, I go to restaurants and I see them serving water without asking all the time. So I don't think these laws are upheld. But uh, let's go into the week's news. Now, um, this was a story I found off of entrepreneur.com. And it's about Gap's racist ad. Now, that's in quotes that are racist. And uh, do you want to go ahead and describe what you see in this ad here, Joe? Uh, It's a picture of these girls doing like... What do you call this? Gymnastic poses. And there's this small girl whose head is being used as like an armrest. That's what I see. Okay. And the the smaller girl happens to be a black girl. And uh, the bigger girl who's using that black girl as an armrest happens to be a white girl. And uh, the the story actually states, the article states that there's an African-American girl posing next to a taller Caucasian girl. So they're really trying to tiptoe through the tulips, you know, as they say. But it's a black girl and a white girl. But uh, what the article states is that uh, the girls are part of a, uh, it's a new campaign by by Gap trying to uh, promote women empowerment. And uh, the Gap's spokeswoman, Debbie Felix, actually said that as a brand with a proud 46-year history of championing diversity and inclusivity, we appreciate the conversation that has taken place and are sorry to anyone who we've offended. So I think that most of the talks really went around Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff. Um, I mean, once we get to the controversial point here, I'm going to ask you, do you think the picture is racist? No, I don't. Me neither. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. But do you see how other people are seeing it? Yeah, yeah, I see. I see how other people are seeing it, that she's, her, her body's being used, like, not like the others. I mean, I see if you look at the picture, it looks like she's a sad one. Maybe because she can't do the gymnastics. No. I mean, she happens to be black, and maybe that's it. But uh, I don't think Gap was trying to be racist. Um, I just, I don't see what 
I see what other people are seeing, but I don't see it myself. Now, the article states that Twitter commenters were actually quick to bounce on the image. Um, they noted that the black child was being used as an armrest. Uh, and, you know, here's here's a twist to the story. I'm not sure if this is true or not, but the article says that the two girls are actually sisters. Correct, correct. Um, so, I don't, I don't think Gap was trying to do anything, but... I think that, uh, you know, if you were Gap, if you were the spokeswoman for Gap, if you were the PR person, just outright denying that it was racist probably looks worse than accepting it and, uh, you know, just addressing it directly. Uh, this this is just, I don't see the importance of this. What do you think this means for, uh, you know, people our age, our community? Should we be looking at how racist ads are? No, not at all, man. It's, it's all, it's all, you know, it's about making sure that whatever they're trying to sell, we, we buy. It, exactly. The reason why that, Gap... That's their goal. Their goal is to sell. I mean... It's not to, to show that black girls aren't important as uh, white girls or anything like that. No, it's to make sure they sell. And if something is racist to the public, anybody calls them out, Gap is going to pull the ad and make sure that they don't lose any customers. You know, you really can't please everyone, which is what I thought of when I uh, saw the story. What if that black girl was replaced by an Asian girl? Would we get the same public reaction? I'm not sure. Probably not. I honestly think no. Uh, because those stories just don't play well in the news. You know, when do you ever For me, hear about the... I mean, for me, for me, the the picture is like, oh, they're just having fun. They're kids. What what if uh, the kids were changed out with adults? Would that uh, imply a different meaning? Uh, probably, yes. And why is that? Because the one using as a rest stand looks like a fool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, but to sum up this story overall, I don't think that uh, this was Gap's intention. I think that everyone just overreacted because, you know, Gap's response with this, one of their responses was to provide a different photo from the shoot. And if you look at the other photo, everyone just is uh, embracing each other. You know, they're happy. Um, the tall girl actually kind of has her arm around uh, the shorter black girl. So I don't think that was her intention at all. But let's move along, Joe, to another story that uh, is about a teacher who was placed on leave after calling a 12-year-old terrorist. Now, this comes from Houston Chronicle, and uh, it's about a school where a teacher actually literally... Well, not literally. It, it doesn't state exactly what the uh, title you know, implies. So here's a story. A middle school teacher was actually put on paid administrative leave, and it's always, it's always paid, you know, <laughs> yeah. after calling a 12-year-old student terrorist. So uh, I'm not going to even try to butcher his name, but do you know the correct pronunciation of this, this boy's name? I, I don't know exactly, but I would say Walid Abu Shaban. Okay, that's a good try. So he's a seventh grader at First Colony Middle School, and uh, people are saying that uh, he's one of the latest Muslim students to face discrimination. Now, this guy's a well-dressed young man here. He wears the same thing as most of his uh, peers, a button-down dress shirt, navy slacks. But uh, the teacher actually said this after he began laughing during a movie 
uh, on Thursday afternoon, which was last week. So yeah. he states, I was just laughing. And the teacher says, I wouldn't be laughing if I were you. And he says, why? And she says, we all think you're a terrorist. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. So after that, and then, you know, his classmates start pointing at him, taunting him with insults. You have bombs. I can see the bombs. So, you know, as a 12-year-old boy, you're obviously going to be crushed by this. He says he felt upset. He felt that they were all looking at him and laughing at him. Um, but his parents, you know, actually had advice for him. And what is that advice that his parents gave to him? Just ignore it. Just ignore it. Anyone who is ignorant, um, you know, anyone who's a bigot, just ignore it. And I think that's pretty good advice personally. You know, I don't know how this story actually got to the school officials. It was probably the kid. I'm not sure exactly. So I don't think he actually ignored it in that time. But, uh, you know, it's not wrong that he came up to a school official and said this. But shifting gears back into what this lady said here, she, you know, her response was that she didn't mean it that way. Really? She did not mean it that way. <laughs> we mean that way. It wasn't really a terrorist. It's just a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, well, she said that she was trying to point something out. You know, I don't know what exactly. That he's from the but, Middle East or he's the Middle East descent? Is that what I she's saying? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, this just, you know, it it doesn't exactly disgust me, but uh, it's just odd that things like this are still happening. Um, what do you think should happen to the teacher? She's right now put on administrative leave, paid. Well, I don't think she should get hired back, honestly. I mean, so... Uh, the family's attorney actually says that they want to raise awareness uh, of, you know, the situation, discrimination, and uh, the attorney actually says, have the same zero tolerance policy for the administration and this teacher's inappropriate behavior as you would have for this young kid. They should actually immediately remove her, which they did. Uh, the school officials did that, and the school actually made a, uh, you know, statement that this stuff should not be tolerated that they don't promote that type of uh, behavior or activity and uh, to what she actually responded with is that her statement her statements were made in the context of trying to prove a point about negative stereotypes well what are your thoughts on how she responded <laughs> yeah but you know sarcasm is only understood by certain people and in seventh graders if you say we all think you're terrorists I don't know if they'll get the same message that she's trying to say. I'm not even sure if that was sarcasm she was going for. Um, if it was, it was a poor choice because, like you said, it is a 12 year old. They, you know, obviously have a different mindset than older folks do. Um, so, you know, you might have ruined this kid's life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you were in the shoes of this kid, how would you react? Would you tell a school official? Would you just ignore it as his parent says? I would have said, you know, yeah, you're laughing too, but I would say we all think you're a bad teacher. We all think you're a bimbo. No, that, 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 that's my response. You know, you shouldn't be laughing either. And then she goes, why? Because we all think you're a bimbo. <laughs> Yeah, what makes me wonder is what kind of movie were they watching? You know, uh, Roots. I don't if, know. If it was if it was a comedy, he would be laughing normally. 
Well, it's it, the article makes it seem like he was the only one laughing. Um, you know, if they were watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, that's a different story. <laughs> but if they were watching Roots or something, when uh, Kunta Kinte is brought to the land and he's laughing, that's a different story too. Mm. But it doesn't justify the fact that she calls him a terrorist. Not exactly. She doesn't exactly call him a terrorist. She says, we all think you're terrorists. And then you know, all his classmates are making fun of that That's not something to laugh about either. No, but it invited the other classmates to laugh at him, make fun of him, saying you got the bombs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I have nothing more to say to this. Uh, stories like this don't really happen around our areas. This is more of the predominantly white communities where stories like this happen. So uh, just to sum up, I don't condone that type of activity. But once again, freedom of speech. She can say anything she wants and she can think anything she wants. Doesn't mean that she shouldn't be reprimanded for this, though. Well, well she got to face the consequences of whatever she says. She's allowed to say whatever she, right. she wants to. She, she has to also face whatever she says, whatever, whatever, you know, reaction happens. Talking about teachers in Texas, coming from Fox News, a Texas teacher arrested after video shows her hitting students. So instead of using verbal, verbal kind of verbal abuse or whatever you call it, this is kind of like a physical reaction to a student. So a Texas teacher was arrested after video surface appearing to show her hitting a student multiple times during a Friday morning high school math class. And this teacher's name was Mary Hastings. So she was actually charged for misdemeanor assault at Ozen High School. So it's high school students, not a middle school student that was attacked by a teacher. So people actually in the school describe her as a veteran teacher. But, uh, you know, she's only been with the district for three years. And uh, the odd thing about this story, or the interesting thing, I'd say, is she's actually kind of bullied by the students. She's a target. Okay, yeah, according to some, some students. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah. It, it was, this statement came from a student who was uh, anonymous because they asked to remain anonymous. And the student actually says, you know, we only see 12 seconds of the video and that's all it is. It's not the whole thing. So it sounds like that anonymous student is someone like us trying to see both sides of the story. Um, most videos that get posted online, whether it's, uh, I don't know, a fight video or someone arguing, you only see the cherry picked part or you only see when someone actually gets a chance to whip out a camera. You don't see what happens before. And most of the time you don't see what happens after. So whatever kind of ensued this we don't know um the district came back with their uh, statement obviously they say they don't condone uh, employees abusing any child they're not going to tolerate it and we both saw the raw video you can't really tell what she's saying um you can tell she's enraged though but what are your thoughts on her actions and what the boy possibly could have done to kind of make this happen not saying he made it happen well from, from what I witnessed from my own experience in high school, some students are very brutal to teachers. I've seen that myself. Too. Very brutal. Like, uh, and they have to deal with it every day. I don't know if in this situation, you know, a long-term period of, you know, make, maybe making fun of the teacher or disrupting her teaching, 
made her snap this morning when she attacked a student. You know, teachers. So I mean, this 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 goes into corporal punishment. Is it ever a proper solution to teaching a child, especially in public schools? No, I don't think it is. Never. I, I bet a lot of a lot of teachers want to hit their students. Honestly. Oh, I want to hit a lot of people. That, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, you're walking around the streets talking to people. You find out there's a lot of people you want to hit, but you don't do it because laws. No, it's not the laws. It's, it's to practice and show self control. So if, when the teacher it, snaps, is they're the leader of the classroom. You're supposed to be setting an example for all the students. I think she just snapped that day. It's a math okay, class. So. What do you think the punishments for her should be? Should it be something? Well, it looks like she's charged with misdemeanor assault, which is going to be on her record forever. Uh, you know, it doesn't, I don't know if it's going to say assault against a child or assault against an underage person. Who knows? But should they go easy on her? You know, the, the schools always say they're doing investigations. I'm never sure what that means. Do you know what that means? I no, uh, no idea. But uh, I think most schools have a zero tolerance policy because they don't want to get sued. So, you know, this teacher, for me, if I was the, the, the district, what do you call this, manager for the school district, you know, I, I would try to make amends with the student and the teacher. If they could apologize to the student and the student forgives the, 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 the teacher, then we go back to actually teaching our kids instead of making all this drama, you know. Okay. You know, a lot of people would say you, we'd have to separate the two parties moving forward, though. So, we go to a different math class. That's what can happen. Right. And I'm not sure if the child would even want to still be there. I mean, from watching the video, the child doesn't look like he's shocked. It just he, looks he's like kind of like, taken. why are you hitting me? That's about it. Yeah, he's not crying. He doesn't seem traumatized. Not saying that you can look at something or look at someone and tell if they're traumatized or not, but that's just our thoughts from the 12 seconds that we're allowed to watch of this incident. But to wrap up, you know, stories like this, they're going to keep happening, but what is the best way to prevent something like this from happening going forward? That the teachers teach behind a glass wall. <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, give, give, give the students give a students an education that is actually helpful instead of just letting them sit in class and regurgitate whatever the teacher says to do. Okay, so you you're you're placing a little bit of blame on her, you know. You're playing that she might not be a great teacher, which is why these kids don't respect her. And uh, I've I've seen that case all the time. I I've been in that situation from the student end. A lot of these Correct. teachers, they don't teach. They give you a book, they make you memorize some numbers, and then they give you a letter grade. And that's about it. There are teachers who teach, and that's what we need more of, but that's not what this podcast is about. We are not a, a Matt Damon podcast. That's not what we are. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you look online, just Google Matt Damon and, you know, teachers, public education. He's all over that story. He's all over those types of controversial stories. But let's just head into our first break here before we come back and start talking about everybody's favorite thing in the world. Money. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes. <laughs> well, most people's favorite thing in the world. You're listening to Multiple Perspectives. Don't go anywhere. 
Cambridge News. Cambridge University studies suggest money really can buy you happiness. Can it? No, there's a there's a big, uh, you know, they they capitalize can. Yeah, it can buy you happiness because throughout our lives we've been told that money cannot buy you happiness. Um, but before we go into the story here, what are your personal? Uh, anecdotes regarding money and happiness. Can it buy you happiness? No, no, because happiness comes from within. That's what I believe in. But money can't help you. You're, you exactly. Money is a I tool. Think money can money can buy you happiness to a certain extent. You know, it can get you that uh, whatever you want, clothes, cars, or whatever you like. You can pay for dates. You know, stuff like that. It's not going to get you. Was that you pay pay for dates? Is that what you said? It could help you pay for dates. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's a gray area, but let's not talk about that now. Okay. So let's go into the story here. Um, this is exactly what the uh, title says. A group of Cambridge scientists, they're trying to kind of overturn decades of common wisdom that uh, say exactly that. You can't buy happiness with money. Um, but these new studies are suggesting that you kind of can with a few provisions. So to sum it up, though, it's if you're throwing your money towards what you like, then it can buy you happiness so just to a certain extent. So what they did was they uh, surveyed a few bank customers and they were asked to complete a personality and happiness questionnaire. And they had to allow their responses to be matched anonymously to their bank transaction data. And what they came up with was just personalities of 625 people with a breakdown of how they spend their money. And then they brought in the big five personality traits, which everyone knows. You know, there's openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. So it's OCEAN. That's what I learned. That's the acronym. Uh. So what they found out that uh, people who spent money in terms of what they like were more happy. For example, people who, uh, you know, like to spend money on eating out in pubs, and for Americans, that's uh, bars, uh, they're rated as extroverted. That activity was rated as extroverted. And everyone who was extroverted, who spent money towards eating out, were happier. 
So, on the contrary, people who were introverted and spent money at bookstores were happier. Or they reported that they were happier. And that's that's the other thing you got to consider. And uh, the study's author, Sandra Matz, who is a PhD candidate at Cambridge, um, she's saying that historical studies have found a weak relationship between money and overall well-being. But look at what they just found out. What do you think the implications of these results are? It, for me, it kind of sounds dumb, in my opinion. It, it's it's, uh, it's kind of a little bit more common sense. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? It, it's kind of common sense. If you're going to spend something that you enjoy, of course, you're going to be more happy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a lot of people aren't. So it does imply that people who have all that money, but they can't spend it on things they enjoy. You know, what about the rich people who have to constantly spend things on uh, you know, housekeeping, uh, insurance bills, car payments, or whatever it is that might not exactly apply directly to things they enjoy, those people aren't that happy. So the implication is this behind this is that companies like Amazon can now use this information and uh, actually imply that they're they're you know promoting the well-being of their customers. For example, wow. let's say you like cars, Amazon's. Amazon's going to suggest that you buy car parts and whatnot. Um, but you don't think this is important information that we need to know? No. In my opinion, no. Not at all. Do you think it's important information that you would need to know if you were a corporate company? Correct. Retail. Correct. Exactly. And this all boils down to it comes down to the money. Yeah, they're trying to sell you everything That's that you all want. It's about. it's about the money. They're going to specifically advertise to you whatever you like. So the researchers, they, they, they backed up their fundings, you know, as good scientists should. They gave people a voucher to either spend in a bookshop or at a bar. So extroverts who were forced to spend at a bar were happier than introverts who were forced to spend at a bar. And extroverts who were forced to spend at a bookshop or happier than extroverts who were forced to spend at a bookshop. And that's pretty true. If I were to be forced to, well, I wouldn't spend it at a bookshop either. But, you know, if I were forced to be spending my voucher or coupon or whatnot at, uh, at a bar, I wouldn't be too happy. Um, so it's just saying that, you know, if a person spends their money and it matches their personality, it can cause, it can cause an increase. And happiness. You don't seem too convinced by this story. You want to elaborate on why? No, no I'm, I'm convinced, but you know, the study kind of already confirms what I, I already know. Okay. It's like, it's, like, right. uh, and, it's like taxes. Nobody wants to pay their taxes. They're not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got a point there. Uh, you know, things always should be backed up by... You know, concepts should be backed up by some statistical data, at least. And now we have some statistical data. I mean, back then, I, I think what scientists were doing were just literally looking at money and happiness. If you look at just those two factors, you're not going to find any correlation at all. Uh, you could find the richest person in town, and they could be the saddest person correct. in the country. Unless the richest person is doing what he actually believes in or is his life purpose. Or, or she. 
or she, correct? Or she. So, <laughs> gotta be politically correct on this show. Not exactly. But if you were to uh, be able to suggest uh, maybe perhaps a study that means more to you, to these scientists regarding money, what, what kind of study would you suggest they do? Um, who, who, who benefits more from having more assets or who were born into a rich family? Who's, who's more successful? Those who have to get out of poverty by themselves or those who, you know, who were born into wealth? Okay. All right. That's a pretty good study. I mean, I honestly would just keep going with this because uh, a lot of people do still think that money means happiness. And, you know, like everything, it's not black and white. There are gray areas. Money, I could buy, I could buy a new fishing pole and I'd be happy for, you know, a day or whatnot. I could buy a new truck. I'd be happy for a bit. But it's never going to replace the, what do you call them? The, uh, the non-tangible riches. Correct. And it's not going to solve your problems either. Love, whatnot. Yeah, it could solve some problems, but it's not going to solve everything. No. So that, those are our thoughts on money regarding happiness. Uh, let's move along to our last story of the show here. Now, this one kind of relates to money as well. It comes from LA Times, and it's about how millennials are better than we thought at saving money studies. Fine. And before we jump into it, we are both considered millennials. Yes. And there is a negative connotation that we are bad with our finances. I'm not sure where that comes from exactly, but that's just the way it is. And buying all those tickets, uh, all those tickets, tickets for those uh, those dances. What do you call <laughs> dances? You mean the EDM raves or whatnot? <laughs> that's probably what they're thinking. Oh, they're all these young good guys. Yeah, dances, dances, okay, dances. But let's let's kind of uh, open the kimono, as they say, you know, and reveal our bits. So I, I've always lived under the kind of the philosophy that uh, you know, if you save all your money and you die tomorrow, you kind of just you didn't really live, mm. you know, you didn't really get to live at all. But if you blow it all and you die tomorrow. It's not too bad, but if you well, if you blow it all and you live tomorrow, it's gonna be like you died. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's gonna be like you died. So I, I kind of, it's all about balance. Yeah, balance. It's about balance for me. What about you and your finances? My, my fan. The most you would like to share for me, you know, I try to, I try to live within my means. I mean, uh, my goal is to be debt free. I really try to spend smart. You know, the most thing I spend on is really food, and I, I do save a lot, a lot. Because right now I'm kind of in this article where I'm kind of concerned about the future, so I don't spend that much. Okay, and that's very respectable. I just I don't get the people who live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, unless you have to, then that's pretty respectable. But the people who have disposable income, who live paycheck to paycheck, it might be fun in the short term, but in the long term, you're going to get screwed. You're going to have a bad time. Yeah, I mean, right now, I don't have any responsibilities, really. You know, I don't have any kids to take care of, so all those factors have to put into place. You know, we're still young. 
we could we can blow our, all our money off and it'll be fine because we could earn it back. Yeah, that you know that's assuming you you're gonna get to keep your job. But let's jump into the article here and states the first thing that is millennials get a bad rap for being irresponsible with money and uh, new studies are actually showing that they are carrying less debt than in previous years and they're actually pretty good at saving 62 percent of millennials defined in the survey as consumers between the ages of 18 and 29 which we fit in are saving more than five percent of their pay for retirement emergencies or for other financial goals the study found. So that's actually 42% from, we're saving at least that much last year. That's up from the 42%. Um, so 62 compared to 42%. And 5% isn't that much. Once you, If you look at it from a percentage value, uh, it's not that much at all. But, you know, people have their 401ks and all that stuff. A lot of people can't afford to defer 15, 20%. But for the people who are actually saving, you know, there's a few motivational factors why they're saving. And the first one, the most popular one, is in case of emergency. So can you add some color, perhaps some personal anecdote to why you save in regards to emergencies? Because most of us, most of us young people, we rely on debt, especially if you went to school, some people, right? And say you have a job, you're still young, you're new to the job, and layoffs happen. And now you still got debt to pay off. That's why you're saving up, so that the interest doesn't jump on you when you lose your job, so you can be able to pay off some of this stuff. Or if you got a house to pay for, or rent to pay for, at least you got a place to live. Right, so uh, I've been advised from uh, peers who have worked in financial positions that you should be saving or you should have at least on hand in cash not in cash physical cash but just money six words six months worth of expenses correct so you know in case you get fired from a job you get laid off i mean on average from my personal experience and from what i've seen it really takes a few months to get back on your feet with another job but six months is a nice big cushion Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's six months of bare expenses. I'm not talking six months of going to an EDM show every single Friday. <laughs> no, it's, it's r- rice and beans. Being the six rice. months of, of, right. The bare essentials, the bare minimum essentials, but different people have different perspectives. You know, my bare essentials might be someone else's luxuries. Or someone else's bare essentials might be my luxuries. Correct. So it's hard to kind of gauge on 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 you know why millennials save exactly, but the second motivator for saving, um, as the article lists, is what saving up for a big purchase, so like a house or a car. I mean, that's also one reason why I save up too. You know. Okay. Perhaps a car payment or a car purchase. Uh, a boat. I don't know. Some people might buy a boat. A yacht. A yacht, yeah. <laughs> this is a boat. Yeah. Uh, so, it, 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 the article states that 36% of 20-somethings and 30-somethings say that uh, they're saving up for a vacation. You know, hmm. 27% say they're saving up for a house. 26 are setting aside money to buy a car. So, that's kind of to break it down. Um 
saving for vacation, that's something that I literally just don't do. Is that something you do? No, I don't. Not really. I don't even think about vacation. I mean, I'm not sure if that's because of the American work culture, but I just don't even factor vacation in. Now, if we were French kids or, you know, Icelandic kids or whatever, we would have a different mindset, you know? We'd be having vacations every year, at least every six months or something like that. And they'd be month long vacations where you go and you go to a different country or something where you don't know the culture at all. And you just immerse yourself in it. But that's a different discussion for another podcast. Um, That's bottom line. We don't save for vacation. Um, A house, maybe uh, a car, maybe. But that's what the AICPA reports. Now, whether or not the motivation is car or house, saving turned out to be more important to millennials than some of the other goals that uh, have been stereotypically expected of them. So there is that, you know, so this article, there's the big implication that there are so many negative connotations against millennials. What do you think are some other ones? They're lazy. They got nothing to do. That's the, that's the big one, yeah. Uh, when I when we talk to older people, a lot of them will tell them, tell us that we're we're lazy. Um, we don't do anything. We sit around. But most of the time, I've seen this conversation happen when I'm lifting a box to put on a truck, and that old guy is just standing there. <laughs> so can you can you explain that? Because yeah. I can. No, they come from a generation. They they think that we are uh, we, we're handout children. Right, that we're we're, we're right. waiting for somebody to give us something. In reality, it's not that way. You know, this definitely comes up to another topic for perhaps another show: baby boomers versus Generation X versus Generation Y. You know, my response: Generation Z, whatever they call the. Um, I don't know, but my response would be: If we were so lazy, why are we paying for the social security of every? Older person. Right. Correct. Right. <laughs> so, uh, saving was the number one goal of millennials. And this is to close up the study here. Uh, people wanted to say they wanted to live a healthy lifestyle. That was another goal. And um, the other goal, 19%. Paying down debt. Mm-hmm. Now, it looks like you're, you're all three of those. <laughs> Right. Correct. Healthy lifestyle because I'm vegan. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I'm guessing so. But, you know, as always, perspective. My healthy lifestyle might be completely different from your healthy lifestyle. Um, You know, one person's healthy lifestyle might mean no drugs. And then your healthy lifestyle might mean only legumes. (laughs) Whatever that is. I don't know what that is exactly, but I'm just saying at this point. So, what are your final thoughts on this study? Is this one important to people like us? Is it important to the community? It's important to people like us and the community. So, if if economy to grow, actually, there needs to be more spending within the community. But because most of us are, are saving, there's not that much growth in our own. But business. you know, should the people who are spending be the people who are saving dimes, or the people who are saving millions? Hmm. I'm not really sure about that. You can't discriminate, can you? You cannot discriminate. It's got to be everybody or it can't be anybody. Yeah. 
That's a big problem. What should we do? That's for another show. Yeah, what should we do? <laughs> <laughs> That's for another show. But uh, let's close up the show this week. Um, you know, if you want to uh, suggest some shows, I know some people are listening to us at this point. I'm not sure how many ex- uh, exactly, but we do this show really for us because we're selfish people. <laughs> Uh, we just want to, we just want to keep on up on news. This is my way of keeping up on weekly news. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's one of your ways as well. Correct. But if anyone listening likes, you know, us to talk about any anything else you like, feel free to shoot us a note. Um, you know, we have our email on the website. We have the phone number, which we never check, but we will if people start calling. Uh, but uh, that is the new format of multiple perspectives just quick consolidated shows about just weekly interesting controversial news and that really wraps up this week of multiple perspectives joe anything on your end before we sign off remember to like us on facebook (laughs) you know I, i i've forgotten to say that at that point i'm not sure who still does view the facebook but some people still do and uh, it scares me a bit. It scares me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure Facebook is so dead at this point. At a certain point, you know, I've read in articles that Facebook is one day going to be a graveyard of just people who don't use their accounts anymore. Kind of like what MySpace is now. Uh, that's going to happen one day. And we are here as multiple perspectives to discuss it when that day comes. Otherwise, that wraps up this week's show. We are signing off. Later.